Hello, and welcome to the Her True Strength Podcast. In today's special episode, you're getting a backstage pass to a chat I had with registered dietitian and faith-based body image coach, Brittany Broswell. In this episode, you'll discover the vital role that your gut health plays in your strength and training performance and give you three practical steps you can start taking today to get healthier from the inside out. Her True Strength Podcast is your faith-based approach to discovering how to build your strongest body yet. You'll learn how to strengthen your mind, body, and spirit all through the lens of the gospel. I'm your host, Laura Lindahl, follower of Jesus, lifter of weights, and adventure enthusiast. And I empower faith-based women to build strong bodies from the inside out so they can confidently impact the world with strength and grace. Welcome to the Her True Strength Podcast. Well, hello, Brittany. Thank you so much for coming on to the Her True Strength Podcast. I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you so much for coming on. And I appreciate you hopping on, getting to talk with me today about gut health for my followers. Yes, Laura, thank you for having me. I'm excited to have this discussion. Awesome. Well, hey, well, let's dive into it. A few of my followers know you because I know we've collaborated before on Instagram, but if you could just share a little bit about who you are, about your business, what maybe got you to this point where you are in your business as a registered dietitian. So could you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, absolutely. So like you said, I'm a registered dietitian and my specialty is actually in eating disorder recovery and body image. And so if you're wondering what that has to do with gut health, there's a lot that got me to this point, but there are so many of my clients that if you have ever struggled with any kind of disordered eating behavior, it's very easy for your gut to get sort of wonky in the process. There's a lot of behaviors that can really affect that. And so I really got to this place only by God's grace, I think. I started off actually really interested in sports nutrition, which helps for today and for our conversation. But through that process, the Lord really switched my focus and really gave me a heart for people who struggle with disordered eating and recovery-related issues, not just from a physical health standpoint, but really from a spiritual and, and mental health standpoint as well. And so just to give you a little bit of the Reader's Digest version of that, my sports nutrition focus switched pretty quickly because of some of the professors that I had available to me in grad school. There were some, they, they kind of moved around and the person who I thought was working with, that was the, the sports nutrition pro, ended up moving to another school. And I'm so grateful to the Lord for that because that was my way of knowing, okay, well, God, this obviously isn't the direction you would have me to go. And through a lot of amazing people, he led me to the eating disorder area. And there's a lot within that that ended up leading me to really starting a private practice. And so what I really do now is I coach women on body image improvement from a very weight neutral standpoint. And I really help women get rid of a lot of the lies that they're believing about their worth, their value as a person, and making sure that they're not only honoring their physical body and their needs in order to help them nourish their bodies and take care of it well, but to also grow in their faith in the process. And the goal is really to make sure that, you know, they don't feel like they have to rely on an eating disorder dietitian or expert, but they can really become the expert of their own body and really grow in their um, relationship with the Lord so that they can seek his wisdom and direction and caring for their bodies well moving forward. Mm, wow. That's beautiful. So, so cool. So 
often coaches coach what they have gone through and we act as guides to people who are walking through a different part of their journey that we've already walked through. So, and feel free to share as much or as little as you want. I know that we are on a podcast, but what part of your story resonates with that eating disorder that you help guide your clients through? Was that something that you had a personal experience with yourself or saw in your family? What was that really like deep emotional tie to eating disorders where you were like, this is how I need to help people? How did that turn out for you? Yeah, I think this is a question I get a lot and I love to answer it because I feel like my answer is a little bit different than. So many of the other dietitians in this space, in the sense, I never had a full-blown eating disorder, but what I did have a major issue with was control. And Mm. that is something that so like, I don't think it would be inaccurate to say every client I've ever worked with has struggled with control when it comes to their body or their food, you know, to some degree, you know, going through school as dietitians, there's so much diet culture that we get inundated with about foods being good or bad or healthy or unhealthy. And it was really after I finished grad school when my my husband and I moved back to Alabama, the Lord really dealt with me on my control issues through like an infertility journey that my husband and I went on. And Mm -hmm. I was just determined that, you know, starting a family was totally within our control. I didn't need to consult the Lord about it so much, or maybe I prayed into it a little bit. But when I got promptings from the Lord to say, hey, you need to, you need to share this struggle with other people. You need mm-hmm. to be honest with the fact that you do want to start a family. And I was like, no, I step on in that. Like you can mm-hmm. take care of that. Nobody else needs to know because my fear around control was if somebody else knows, they're going to ask me about it. And it's going to be more and more painful every time mm-hmm. I have to say, no, we haven't started a family yet. Mm-hmm. And so I finally, one evening at small group, <laughs> a small group through my church, I was around a bunch of ladies that I didn't even know all that well yet. It was like one of the first nights of this group. And Laura, I am not an easy crier, I guess. But the Lord just was like, you have to let go of this control and think that it's all up to you and only rely on me because Mm. healing happens in the context of relationship. And you need to lay down this control because that's what your clients are struggling with. And you need to understand what that struggle is. And so I ended up just like, you know, ugly crying, telling all the ladies, <laughs> like, I want to be a mom. And the I can't best do kind of you know. crying, yeah. Yes. Oh, it was not pretty. But let me tell you, there was no judgment there. All the fear that I thought I was going to have with letting what felt like this huge, heavy burden and secret out, there was so much peace. Like when I tell you, I have never felt the Lord's presence so closely. I mean, that night was like, I was like, okay, this is what I was supposed to do, God. Like you gave me the, you urged me to do this. And when I finally did, what I thought was going to be fear was actually peace. And so I really, like that experience had made me, I felt already connected to my clients, but that just affirmed like, okay, now I really know what you're struggling with. I know the fear and I know what's possible when you let go of that control. Mm -hmm. And it's not just more fear. There's peace on the other side of it. Yeah. So that's really what ended up leading me to really dive deep into the the eating disorder realm and to really not just focus on eating disorders, mm-hmm. but to make sure that my clients knew to bring the Lord into the process. One of the verses that the Lord revealed to me in John chapter 15, that's where he talks about where scripture says, I'm the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you'll bear much fruit. And then that last kicker, Apart from me, you can do nothing. Mm, that's not like, true. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yes. I was like, but God, like, 
I can do things like I'm strong. I'm stubborn. I can do mm-hmm. things. I can try. <laughs> <laughs> I can try. I was doing a lot of trying and a lot of failing. And so it, it goes on later. I think it's verse 16. And it says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And I, that was just for me, like, okay, God has appointed me for this time and for this season and for this ministry, this work. And I want to help my clients not to just improve their physical and mental health, but by inviting the Lord into the process, that's going to be what makes that fruit and that freedom really last. Um, So that was, that was really how he sort of did a work in me Hmm. that I felt like allowed me to really pour into my clients and really help them experience not just short term, hey, I feel better about myself and I'm nourishing my body and I'm following all these nutrition rules, but I'm really experiencing freedom that can only come from the Lord that, you know, can't be taken away again. Wow. That's so good. There's a a phrase that I love. I know you and I have both talked about James Whitmore a bit, but one of the things that he says is you have to let go to let in. And I, I think there's a lot of uh, like balance back from that in scripture that like, if you are going to hold on as tightly as you can to your heart and your desires, that there is no room and you can't open the door to the Lord coming in and giving you freedom. And so there's this like crazy paradox of us in our lives. And for us who are those like super hard workers, just driven by control and driven by metrics that we can think that if we hold on tighter to something that somehow we'll be able to control it. But in the end, it ends up just controlling us. So what Mm -hmm. a beautiful (laughs) story of surrender that is, Brittany. Thank you so much for sharing that. Dang. So on the other side of that, you had mentioned, you know, the peace and that surrender giving you a gift. What is that gift? And how can you share that with your clients? Yeah. So I love the word surrender. I think number one, because initially when you hear the word surrender, there's this urge to do the opposite. Like I'm not, Mm. I can't give something up, right? If I let something go, I don't, when am I going to get it back? Or I don't know what I'm getting Mm. instead. So that's what I really love working through with my clients, with my private coaching and my group clients to be able to say, okay, you are surrendering something, but you're getting something so much better. And I know you can't see that. Mm. Um, And it makes me think if y'all have ever seen that little like image or maybe even shows up as a meme sometimes. And there's this image of Jesus that's being depicted and he's reaching his hands out and he's asking this little girl to like give him her little teddy bear. And then he's got this giant, you know, huge stuffed (laughs) animal behind him. And it's like, she doesn't know that. She can't see that he's got something so much better. And that kind of imagery sort of pops in my head because most of the most of the ladies that I work with just feel like, you know, maybe I don't even know who I am without this, you know, this safety blanket thing, without mm-hmm. these rules. They're safety and rules. Like we even learn that as kids. Like, oh, yeah. okay, don't go in the street or don't do this. Don't do that. It's because I love you and I've set these rules for you. And so yeah, there's safety and there's structure and comfort in predictability and mm. rules that you've set, maybe even like self-imposed. And so we focus a lot on the surrender. And it's, I think people have this idea that I'm going to be surrendering my health. Like I went into this journey, like just trying to be more healthy, right? Mm-hmm. Quote unquote healthy. And it turns into something else. And so they think, well, if I just learn to start honoring my hunger and doing all of these different things, then I'm going to be trading my physical health for mental health. And that's certainly not the case that Mm -hmm. the Lord is able to grow you in every area when you surrender the things that you really aren't actually in control of, but that you just think you are. (laughs) Oh, yes. That's so good. That's so good. So when your clients get that 
outcome that they want, that they come to you for, and they start to have that surrender and start to grasp that. Obviously, this isn't like a flip the light switch and we're fine type of situation that like very rarely happens. I wish it did. And there's habits and things like that to work through. But what are some of the outcomes that your clients see that just allow them? One of the things that we talk about a lot in this podcast is making an impact and loving the world with strength and grace. Because that's really what health is about, right? Health is about allowing us to live better in our bodies so that we can serve and love those around us better, right? It allows us to be more capable. It doesn't get in our way. So what are some of the outcomes that that your clients see to that end? How are they better able to love and serve them around them? Yes, I love that question. For so many of them, it means getting a ton of their time back during the day, mm. right? So maybe they were spending... I had a client recently... She was spending 30 to 45 minutes a day trying on everything in her closet to find something that she felt like she could tolerate, you know, Mm -hmm. herself in for the day. And she's down to like one outfit a day, maybe sometimes two if she's still real picky, (laughs) right? So we're like, you just got 40 minutes of your day back. Uh, I mean, hours during the week, right? That she's now able. That's what that is. (laughs) (laughs) That's a fantastic nap. That is doing maybe some kind of movement that you really love, that is Mm -hmm. connecting with people that. Before, maybe you were so isolated. They were so isolated from because they were, you know, ashamed of their body or they were fearful of what someone thought of them. So mm-hmm. getting time back is a big one. Being able to move. And I know probably a lot of your listeners can relate to this. Being able to move out of joy because they know how it feels and it impacts their body rather mm-hmm. than just, I have this obligation to work out. I was on a group call with some of my students earlier this morning And one of them was talking through how, you know, she has these like specific criteria about what counts as a workout and nothing outside of that counts and it's obligation. And so being able to get out of that mentality so that exercise or intentional movement doesn't become this like burden and this thing that you just have to do, but maybe you find other ways to move or you give yourself the grace to say, maybe this does need to be a rest day. And how is that going to impact me? physically and maybe even socially, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's okay to, maybe I need to put the movement down today so that I can actually connect with my kids or my family or this relative or this special event instead of I have to skip that because I haven't gotten my exercise in today. So there is, there's a lot of that that happens too that is, is so freeing and rewarding to see. Yeah, exactly. Freedom is definitely a word that I'm hearing. Freedom of time, freedom of mind. And there's Mm -hmm. something that's so powerful. Again, kind of going back to that mind word of surrender when you have that surrender and we get our time back, that also opens up a lot more free space in our mind where we're able to connect deeper to the Holy Spirit, receive more of his messages to us and just have a lot more connectivity from the Spirit where we're hearing what he's asking us to do and we're leaning more into what he has for us rather than what we have for ourselves. And I think that's just that just makes a person on fire for the Lord and it makes them so much more impactful, which is just always our goal around here. So that's really good. Awesome. Okay. Well, we started this conversation to talk a little bit about gut health. Gut health is something that I'm going to be honest, I know very little about. So I'm really excited to talk to you about it. I know a heck of a lot about strength training. I know a good deal about nutrition, but gut health isn't something that I've dove into, particularly how it relates. I'm really curious to know how it relates to strength training and then how people can kind of use their gut health to benefit their strength training. So maybe we should just start off for my listeners. This has obviously something I haven't talked about. So why don't you break down for us? What is your gut and specifically what is gut health? Because they might not be the same. Yeah. So your gut is just kind of a a casual or like commonly 
used term, I think, that we don't always think about what all it involves. And your GI tract or your your gastrointestinal tract is essentially like the entire process or system in your body from that takes care of the food and nutrition that you give it. That is where it originates. That's what it passes through from consumption to like getting rid of it, right? And so your gut, really the areas we focus on when we're looking at gut health is your stomach and your intestinal tract. So you got your stomach leads into your like small intestine and large intestine. And those three areas are really the main part of your body where the nutrition that you give your body or the food that you give it is really digested and absorbed and sent throughout your body to be utilized. Mm -hmm. So when we're looking at gut health, we're mostly focusing on those areas and making sure that we are not just eating, but that we're taking a lot of factors into consideration so that those areas work optimally, so that the things that we do nourish our body with, we actually get a lot of benefit from. Awesome. That's really helpful. It makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. And so our gut isn't then, it's not just like the actual like inside of the intestinal tube. It's also like the wall, right? And like what's outside it and like the pH balance and all of that is included, right? Yes. So you've got lots of things that impact the lining like of your stomach, right? And then you've got different parts even of your small intestine that break down that say, okay, like this part is responsible for this type of absorption nutrient of this Mm -hmm. nutrient and so on and so forth. There's lots of things that impact the kind of the the word we use a lot is the integrity of your gut. Mm -hmm. So how well is it functioning? Kind of like if you have, if you've ever had like a stomach ulcer, right? Like that might be, you might have an area in your stomach where you've had a lot of acidity or something and it's irritating you. So that messes up your lining. But thankfully, I will say the redeeming factor at this is that your body has the ability to heal that pretty, I won't say easily, but it's designed to do that. And there are a lot of things that we can do to help it along. And there are a lot of things that we do nutrition-wise and otherwise that can sort of impede or or mess up the integrity of our gut as well. Mm, That's really helpful. So Obviously, gut health is like, I feel like it's been like, it was the kale of 2020, <laughs> like 2020, 2019, <laughs> 2018, like kale yeah. and avocado were like hot topic buzzwords, right? And then we're like keto diet and all these things started rolling in. And gut health has kind of been around maybe for the last like five to 10 years. It's kind of been a pretty big buzzword with it being a buzzword as with most things in health and fitness, they get grabbed up by a lot of marketers and kind of used as like big hot topic eye attention gathering kind of big marketing headlines. So with that, what are some of the biggest mistakes or like some of the biggest lies that you've seen from the nutrition or health industry about your gut health? What are those commercials? This is what I see like on TV or like, what are those commercials that pop up and you're like, but actually that's not how it works. So what are some of those that pop up and are some of the lies that women have been told about their gut health? I would say there's two big ones that I see most often that kind of give me that like cringe just a little bit because maybe they're true in part, but they've been really warped Mm. um, is number one, just focus on your nutrition and that'll fix everything because Mm. as important as nutrition is, what happens a large majority of the time, especially with a lot of the clients that I work with, and you probably experience this too. I'll have clients say like, okay, I want to improve my gut health. So I'm going to eat and they start naming off all these foods that they would consider like highly nutrient dense. Okay, meaning you get a lot of nutritional value, you know, as far as your like bang bang for your buck goes within the food. And there's nothing wrong with those foods, but oftentimes if that is your main goal of I'm just gonna eat these like superfoods or these like quote unquote like extremely healthy foods, really micronutrient dense, you know, with vitamins and minerals, 
most often that leads to under eating. And when mm. you, you under eat and you are under fueled for, especially for so many of your listeners that are probably decently active, that maybe they have even some specific performance or physical related goals that they're working towards. When you are under fueling, nothing else really matters. With your mm, nutrition. That's so true. And I, almost, I almost hate to put it at a blanket statement like that, but mm. that is like nutritional hierarchy like 101, like that is your, your basics. So Mm -hmm. I can come back to that. on like, what do we do instead? But that's, that would be the first one is under fueling, like focusing too much on the micronutrients and under fueling. And then the second big one would just be, if you take a probiotic, that'll just fix everything. Ah, Yes. I heard that before we hop into that probiotic question on the underfed. So a lot of my clients are, a lot of my followers are probably asking right now, how do I know? How do I know if I'm not eating enough? You know, how do I know if I'm underfed? So what might be some of the things that they could look for? And I can speak Mm -hmm. to this on a training side for sure, but maybe outside of their training, what are some things they could look for on the day-to-day? What are some alarms that their body might be giving them that they're being underfed? Yeah, this is a really wonderful place to start because again, like as a dietitian, I can calculate and sort of estimate what we would expect somebody's body might need based on their genetics, their height, their lifestyle. But when you're working on it on your own, you don't have to have all those numbers to really figure that out. You just really need to be in tune with what's going on in your body. And so big thing is fatigue. Like, are you tired Mm -hmm. all the time? Probably not just because you're not getting enough sleep or your sleep's not restful enough, which that is we can talk about that too, but that's a really good sign that you're not eating enough. So chronic fatigue, even thoughts about like, I'm thinking, I'm finding myself thinking about food all the time. We have this thing called the gut brain axis where your stomach really communicates. And I, I'm just saying stomach just to simplify it, but essentially your gut is communicating with your brain and there's all these different hormones and signals that go back and forth to let you know when you're hungry, when you're full, when your body is getting low on energy, and those can get out of whack really easily. Mm. So if you're tired, if you find yourself constantly thinking about food, I see it in a lot of people too, when they're under fueling, you'll have menstrual irregularities. Mm. Like even I'll have clients say, but I'm not underweight. But if you're not fueling, maybe it's not always one of the very first things, but if you notice you are lightly spotting or if you're missing cycles, it's because that is not an essential function for life, right? It's Mm -hmm. essential for reproducing, Mm -hmm. but your body is going to start prioritizing the things that are going to keep you alive. Your heart has to beat, your lungs have to breathe. You've got these vital systems that have to stay online that you can operate without a uterus and ovaries and all those hormones that make them work, right? Mm -hmm. So menstrual irregularity is another one. Oftentimes, if you have trouble... I have clients that are a little bit older that are like, I think I just have hot flashes a lot. I'm like, well, if you're constantly feeling cold and then Mm. all of a sudden feel hot, temperature dysregulation is another big, another Mm. big sign. And then especially for a lot of the audience and clients that you work with, like getting fatigued really quickly. So not just the chronic fatigue, but like they get worn out really soon. Maybe Mm -hmm. their endurance level is really low or they notice, hey, I have a spurt of energy, but it doesn't last very long. Those are just a few of the signs that you might want to watch for that could be an indicator that you're not eating enough. That's good. Yeah, that's really good. I've definitely seen a lot of those in the clients that I've worked with and just having conversations with people as well. I'd add in from a training perspective, some of the things that I see before I do like any type of nutrition or like I coach macros. So any type of like macro analysis that I do with someone, like have them like seeing where they're at. 
if I notice at any point during the workout that they just get gassed, like we're done with our warmups and they are sweating. And I'm like, what's going on? Did you sleep all right? And they're like, yeah, I forgot lunch and dinner yesterday. I'm like, whoa, okay. So we had, you know, one meal. And they're like, yeah, kind of. I had one meal and it was coffee. I'm like, ah, mm-hmm. that's not a meal. <laughs> and that's, you know, it's, it's very frequent. We get busy and what happens? We put ourselves last on the ladder, right? We put other people above ourselves, but in doing that, we don't often take time to notice those consequences that we're feeling. So that's mm-hmm. really, really good. I like to hear that. Another one I noticed with training is like lack of progress. Like things never start to feel lighter. Mm-hmm. They start to feel heavier or extreme soreness where soreness is lasting. Soreness should not last more than really like 48 hours. If your soreness is lasting for like three to four days, you're either overexerting or you're underfueling. So that's another big indicator for sure. That's So that's really good. So that's kind of some of the things if uh, you guys are listening, what you should be looking out for as a red flag, some things that might mm-hmm. be an indicator that you are not feeling enough. And as a result, you know, whether you feel it or not, sometimes gut issues aren't always something that you can feel, right? Yeah, there may be certain things that you notice that could be a sign or symptom of some gut dysregulation. Mm. But oftentimes, you're not going to necessarily notice, or at least not overtly go, oh, okay, well, that must be a sign of, you know, some gut issues. Mm -hmm. So unless you're doing something invasive, like some sort of biopsy or scope, a lot of times, there's going to be gut issues that so many people have that go, undiagnosed, that you can still take active steps to repair gut health, even if you're not sure exactly what your gut integrity looks like. Yeah, that's so true. And we're going to talk about that in a second, because I'm sure my followers are like, well, what is it? What can I do? But before we go into that, I interrupted you and I want to circle back to probiotics. So you had mentioned one of the lies of the fitness industry is that just take this probiotic and it's going to miraculously heal your gut health. So why is that a lie? And then maybe what are some of the negative consequences that that could have on someone without them actually knowing it? Yeah, yeah. So, so probiotics, they're essentially the, the healthy bacteria in your gut. So the large majority, I have to go back and look at the statistic, the vast majority of your immune system is housed in your gut. So when your gut health is really thrown off, and you probably noticed this a good way, a good, uh, like short term sign of this is if you have been on antibiotics for anything. I feel like so many people have been on antibiotics more the last couple of years with COVID, just like as a precaution of, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to take this just in case it's something related. So I've had so many people come in there like I have, you know, constant loose stools or I'm getting cramps and all these things. That's often a sign of some gut related issues because when you take antibiotics, it kills all of the bacteria in your stomach or like the vast majority of it versus just saying, I'm going to target the ones that are making me sick. So Probiotics can be a really helpful thing to potentially supplement, but you can't, like that doesn't fix everything. So you also have to feed the healthy bacteria with what we call prebiotics. And those are essentially like the fibers that you're going to get usually from fruits, vegetables, and whole grains and legumes and things like that, that really help those healthy bacteria to grow and flourish to help your immune system. So it's definitely something that can potentially repair or improve your gut health. But on its own, let's say you're taking a probiotic, but you're not eating enough. Just because you're taking a probiotic doesn't mean like that's going to be the fix all. So there's other things that need to happen in conjunction. And it's definitely not the, I think that often is kind of like the band-aid resource. And people go, I don't know why this isn't fixed. I'm taking a probiotic. It should be fine. Mm -hmm. So that's something I see come up a lot. Oh yeah, that's really good. I'm glad you said that too, because I think that's something that a lot of people go to is they're like, well, I'm 
I'm scared to eat more because I'll gain weight, right? And that's the number one question. They're like, oh, if I eat more, I'm going to gain weight. And more food doesn't equal more fat, it equals more fuel, right? You're going to want to get up to move. Mm-hmm. You're going to want to like walk around. You're going to fiddle at your desk more. You're not going to, you know, skip your afternoon walk because you're not dead when you get home from work, right? And so that's super important that you mentioned that. I really like how you pulled that out. You're like, yeah, but it's not going to fix the problem, right? So it sounds like it might help with some of the symptoms that you're experiencing. But overall, as soon as you take away the probiotic or you forget to take it, the issue is still there, right? Yes, absolutely. Awesome. So the big question then is how can women improve their gut health? So I know you had mentioned eating more, which is super important. And I think it's really going to be impactful for us to acknowledge the the countercurrent to that. So when we tell people to eat more because you're underfed and that's affecting your gut health and and hurting your performance, it's hurting your running endurance. uh, It's why you're not having more effort in your workouts. uh, Their countercurrent to that likely is going to be, but if I eat more, I'll gain more. So what are some words that you could speak into that when someone has that concern for you and for your clients? Yeah. So, so that's something that I come up against a lot because there's often this major fear of weight gain that ends up leading to all of these other disorder behaviors under fueling be, being a major one. So I would say first, like one of the big things you've got to do is that I focus on with my clients is like, you got to take your foot off the brake before you try and just start like implement all these things to improve your gut health. We first got to figure out like you can't do these things that are hurting it and try to improve it at the same time. They kind of, I won't say they totally cancel each other out, but you're not getting as as much results for your effort. So mm. we talked about under eating. If you're really concerned, if that is a huge fear for you, that in and of itself is a red flag that you might want some extra support in that area. Because for most of my clients, the one question that I will ask them in the very beginning, when they come to me and they say, Brittany, I just want to lose X number of pounds, right? I'll tell them, number one, I'm not a weight loss dietitian because if your goal is a specific weight, Like, what do you actually want that weight loss to result in? Like, weight loss is usually just a means to an end. And most people have a hard time getting past, well, I just need this X number of pounds. And so when you can say, okay, well, if I were to lose that, what do I feel like that makes possible for me that's not possible right now, Mm. right? So if it's, well, I want to have enough energy and endurance to chase my grandkids around, or I want to be able to go on a hike with my husband without getting winded and being at the back of the family, or I want to be able to like feel more confident and comfortable in my body, right? That's the thing for so many people. And so if you can kind of just start by asking yourself that question, you may, you may want some extra support from a dietitian or a therapist or someone to really help you work through that fear of weight gain. But that's really good step. If that feels like a major hindrance to you when it comes to making sure you're adequately fueling your body, and I think I'm a big misnomer or misconception. And I'm sure you see this a lot too, Laura, is for clients who want to like build strength or they have a lot of physical related like strength or endurance type goals and they want to lose weight at the same time that often maybe they're nourishing their body for what they would need for more like sustainable type weight. But they feel like if I'm, I'm also going to add in this exercise or this intentional movement or the strength training and they're not really adequately fueling for that. And so that can be a big area of concern. So I hope that answers your question. Yeah, it does. You answered it great. I definitely see that a lot in clients. And I kind of go through like a wave cycle with my clients where they're in a fat loss phase for a short amount of time. And then they take a break mm-hmm. and they go into a muscle building or like a maintenance phase, depending on their goal. 
And yeah, that's the hardest thing sometimes is just getting that mindset shift away from, you know, you can't always try to be less. At some point, you have to try to be more. Your muscles physically cannot build unless you have the building blocks. It would be like showing up to construction site with a blueprint and saying like, guys, like, hello, like get to work. I've got all the best laid plans here for you, uh, but there's no wood and there's no nails. And mm-hmm. all the construction workers in your body are like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's <laughs> yeah. a certain aspect of the materials aren't there. If you don't have the energy, if you don't have the protein to do that, like your body's like, mm, sorry. And this is why I think I see a lot of women who have been strength training for years and just have very little to show for it when it comes to progress. When it comes to feeling better, uh, when it comes to injuries, injuries is another one. We talk about those like big indicators of under being underfed. I would say frequent injuries are also part of that because just like your reproductive health, (laughs) having the energy to build an egg is, is a lot that requires a lot of energy for your body on the same side of that building muscle is extremely hard on your body and maintaining our, our joint health and maintaining our tendon health is also highly energy. Mm -hmm. uh, It has a high energy requirement. So those are other big things. I see a lot of injuries for people who are underfed. So, all right, well, that's really good. So what, what else, what if someone walked away with one golden nugget from our call today, what would that golden nugget be for how their gut health can be taken back into their control and how that will affect their performance better? So analyzing, and I always hate to say analyze because it sounds so like odd, but really looking at your stress levels and looking both at like physically and just life stressors mentally, Mm. what do your stress levels look like and how are you responding when you do feel stressed? Stress is a major factor that changes your cortisol level. So your cortisol is one of your stress hormones and elevated cortisol has actually been associated with loss of muscle tissue and poor gut health, digestive issues, poor sleep quality. If you find yourself like waking up in the middle of the night needing to pee, that may be one just like really easy indicator or like easily noticeable indicator that maybe your gut health is not so great and maybe your stress levels are really contributing to irregularity with your cortisol. So, and that in and of itself, that's enough of an issue. But when you also start having stress and cortisol that's not regulated, that can affect your bone mineral density, which can also affect your ability to grow stronger or can especially increase your risk of getting injured because you may be trying to build muscle, but at the same time, if you're not doing things safely, or if your bones are not dense enough to handle the growth that you're trying to put on with muscle, your body's like kind of fighting each other on what to do. So, so stress reduction is a big thing. And I, I know I always get a lot of pushback on that. And they're like, but Bernie, you just don't understand like the people I'm around or the things that I'm doing. And they're, I wish I could remember the name of the research study. I'll have to find it, but there's this research study that showed it's not always about the amount of stress, but it's really how you see the stress and how you respond to it that changes physiologically how your body reacts to the stress. So like instead of just going into that fight, flight, or freeze mode, you can actually, if you see stress, not as a bad thing or even a good thing, but just as an indicator, like, okay, something is causing me to respond this way. What is it? And let it be a motivator into digging into what's going on rather than just how do I cope with this in the moment? There's a lot of room for growth there in order to be able to recognize what your sources of stress are, but to also be able to cope with it in a way that's effective mentally and that's not going to cause you so much physical pain or discomfort or physical stress, I guess, for lack of a better phrase. Mm, That's really good. Yeah. Overwhelm 
is a choice. Every day is a choice. I'm a big fan of that. But yeah, overwhelm is definitely a choice that someone can have to see the situations that are presented with us, that they are happening for us, right? Romans 828 tells us like all things work together for God's good and for like for his glory and for our good. And so when we can recognize that in the midst of when life seems heavy, life seems tough instead of, you know, retreating instead of, you know, closing down or shutting down or pushing our health down the ladder. Like we talked about that often happens when we get stressed. Like I just don't have time for this. I have to skip this meal. I have to skip my movement. I don't want to go for a walk. I'm just too tired. You know, when all of those things happen or we're ignoring those signals from our body. Yeah. That can definitely lead us to a place of overwhelm. So just taking that freedom back and saying like, nope, like these circumstances are tough, but I have a choice and I'm going to choose to view this as something that God is working in and through me. And this is going to help me. It's going to grow. It's going to be really uncomfortable, but I know it's going to help me. All right. So that's really good. So to round this out for my followers, it sounds like the biggest things that they can do for their gut health is to make sure that they're eating enough, making sure that they're fueling their body on a regular basis. And we talk a lot about like, are you eating three meals a day? You know, are you eating until you are full? Are you feeling full? Are you enjoying the fullness? Are you being satisfied, you know, with the food? And then on the flip side of that, to also be mindful of your stress and not only how you are feeling stressed and just like, oh, I feel so stressed, but ask yourself, you know, what label am I putting on this stress? And is this helpful mm-hmm. for me to view it this way? So that's, that's really good. And then to kind of tie it down one last thing. So what would you say if someone was to improve their gut health? So we're going to end this on a high note. Uh, for my clients, mm-hmm. what are some of those possibilities that that opens for them when they're when they're eating more, when they're managing their stress? What are some of those things that that allows for them? So this really ties into like what does gut health even have to do with getting stronger and building that endurance? And it really comes back to the fact that a healthy microbiome, so like having that variety in a lot of healthy bacteria in your gut, it really allows for your muscles to be better supplied with the nutrients and oxygen that they need Mm. for exercise. So this goes back to regardless of what type of movement that you're doing, whether it's strength building, whether it's running, whether it is like an anaerobic movement versus an aerobic movement, you're going to naturally have inflammation that happens when you utilize your muscles. But that level can vary. And we've got to have a healthy gut to really contribute to repairing the damaged muscle so that it can grow and improve and endure more. So that's where, you know, post-recovery nutrition really comes in, making sure that you are consuming, like there's, there are some really fantastic nutrition sources like short chain fatty acids. I know we don't have time to go into a lot of that today. There are nutrients called polyphenols and those are like plant-based compounds that kind of act as anti-inflammatory, antioxidant. These are some of my favorite foods, like berries and dark chocolate and coffee and tea and a lot of different things that can really help to repair muscle tissue, could really, really help with the integrity, like we said, of the gut so that your gut can adequately digest and absorb and utilize the nutrition you're giving it to make it better supplied so that you can use your body to build strength. And even if you're not strength building, even if you are, maybe you're just doing some light movement for the joy of it and you don't have necessarily a specific performance-related goal behind it, your body can't utilize the nutrition you give it without it being absorbed. And you want to make sure that your gut is in a place where it can do all of the initial work to send it out to all of your body so that your body can perform optimally at any level. So that is something that becomes possible when you take care of your gut, when you are 
eating enough to help with that when you're consuming a lot of variety of foods. And then yes, you can focus on some of those specific nutritional factors like the polyphenols and making sure you're getting enough fiber to help with those probiotics and all those things. So yes, I love being able to end on that high note going, okay, this is possible. If you have been struggling with maybe some restrictive behaviors or other things that have impaired your gut, it is possible for it to heal. And there are definitely things that we can do from a nutrition standpoint, from an exercise or movement standpoint, sleep, all these things that can really help to improve that so that you can meet your your physical or performance goals as well. Awesome. Oh, well, that's so good. So, so good. And Brittany, if someone wants to get in contact with you, because I know a lot of my followers have had a history of either body image or different types of disorder eating, what is the best way for them to get in contact with you? Yeah. So I have some really fantastic free resources on my website. My website is one of the best ways to get in touch with me. You can just head to brittanybraswellrd.com slash resources. And there's a lot of different things there that you can find that can help you along the journey. And I always love connecting with people. You guys can send me just like a DM on Instagram. I'm at brittanybraswellrd there. And I love being able to provide some support. And I try to do a lot of like free trainings and things as I'm able to. So you can always get some extra coaching there. Awesome. Awesome. So, so good. All right. Well, Hey, to my listeners out there, thank you guys so much for tuning in today. I hope that this was incredibly impactful for you. I hope that you took something with this that you can just run with in your training and in your life. And I'm so excited to catch you guys on the next episode of Hurt Your Strength Podcast.